I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That 30 seconds or not even that, maybe 10 seconds when your team scores or you've scored a goal, that's the best thing about football. Hello and welcome to Reminding You Why You Love Football, the Mundial podcast that is, according to reviews, brightening up commutes in Toronto and taking a jaded fella called Gary to a very happy place. We will take that. I think he's a Baggies fan, complained about the Wolves stuff, but was still happy enough to leave a review. And we've suddenly had an influx of Apple reviews after claiming there might be skullduggery last week. So, Mr Apple, um, if you've pressed the on button, thank you very much. It's boosted us again. Um, We... (laughs) Although, sorry, just very quickly, one bloke did a lovely, little, lovely bit in the copy. So oh, and then the, the one who left said brilliant, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then yeah. left two stars. <laughs> left two stars out of five. So whoever you, you are, are, be careful when you're leaving reviews, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Correct. We are Mundial Magazine, Courtly Football Magazine, social publishers, documentary makers, lovers of the game, and um, we will not be talking about XG or transfer rumours or Harry Kane. (laughs) Today, (laughs) August the 24th, the day of the release of this podcast, is the anniversary in AD 79 of Vesuvius erupting in Berium Pompeii. So in the spirit of um, volcanoes, joining me today are Mundial co-founder, Spurting Seb White. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mundial features editor, Bubbling James Bird. Oh, Oh, yeah. That's good. And producer, Spewing Tommy Stewart. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm your host, Mundial editorial director, Boiling Owen Blackhurst. (laughs) All accurate. Checks out. Yeah, 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 all accurate. Literally and figuratively. Uh, today is also the 53rd birthday of one time a Blackburn stroller, two guy, a smoking throwback of a footballer who it'd be remiss for us not to mention. There's some other birthdays as well, but two guy, may you forever be at the base of midfield, economically moving around, spraying, raking Hollywood passes and scoring the odd banger with your locks flowing. And being, being a little bit out of breath. Great. Well, that's the fags, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and another Robbie, Sa- Robbie Savage doing the dirty work. Yeah, that? I think so. But I'd quite, quite like quite like to go to an Okabasi with uh, two guy. Oh, I think I'd start smoking again for the day. Actually, yeah. Oh. Well, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Oh, more coughed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that's us, smoking right. footballer and uh, kebab appreciation society. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, some of us are middle aged. Right then, the day this podcast is released uh, is also 60 years to the day since the first ever game in the Bundesliga as we know it. Before that, there had been uh, a more regional setup. Germany's a big country. But the Bundesliga version of Brian Dean, according to Seb, and Brian Dean being the player who scored the first goal in the Premier League mm. in 1992, is Friedhelm Konietzka. He scored the opening goal after just one minute for Dortmund v Werder Bremen. Um, so I was going to start with myself today because I'm very made up with this kit I'm wearing. It's a um, it's a 96-97 Bayern home shirt with 18 Klinsmann on the back. I mean, it's, it's his classic... Bayern as you get three stripes opal opal badge there Adidas in the middle Bayern badge on the left an absolute rasper um 
Very happy. We're doing this because um, Seb doesn't think there's any other teams in the Bundesliga, so we've, no. we're, we're just we're just wearing Bayern Munich and Dortmund kits today. Which for the a which for a yogurt weaving non-league fan like you, Seb, with supporting many clubs, I think is a mistake. James Bird, what are you wearing? <laughs> oh, I've got, in my opinion, the Bundesliga shirt. It's the Dortmund 95-96. It's the luminous yellow. It's the Continental in the middle. It's the BVB. Oh. Give it some, come on. It's the what? What's the sponsor? Continental. Come on, you can give it better. Diacontinental. <laughs> yeah. yes, yes, yes. And, of course, it's got the Nike sportswear logo as opposed to just the swoosh, which they've brought back recently for a number of kits. It's, oh, I think, Potentially, it's the one shirt I would like to own that I don't own. Yeah, you look like the grown-up version of that fella who got on the stage with um, Dave. Yeah. Alex from Glastonbury. Alex from Glastonbury. Yes, yeah, 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 to do Thiago Silva. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there were a number of occasions in, in my mid-teens where I was pretty close. I'd have been pretty close to doing that myself. Yeah, you look like that or someone kept Pills Mandy at a festival. Yeah. 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 And then you'll nick, rob their tent. Yeah, good price, good yeah. price, good price, good, good price, good price, good price. Yeah. <laughs> Swap it for two cans of cold Stella. Yeah, is that the Paul Lambert uh, era? Yeah. Yes, the Paul Lambert era, and I then think he was in the one after, season after. From um, from a very ravey, modern, festively looking James over to De Pilsner, yeah. he is back, <laughs> looking like a um, a bratwurst loving man who has just um, stumbled out of a hard week at the German German civil service. <laughs> <laughs> Whip, whipped off his suit, yes. uh, sparked up a Marlboro, stuck his Bayern shirt on because it's last season, but who gives a fuck? Yeah. And he's off down the Allianz. <laughs> I'm in. It oh my wonderful. God. It sounds wonderful. It's, just, <laughs> it's perfect. Owen's just written your movie. Yeah. That sounds great, that, doesn't it? Published. I quite like the sound of that. Let's get what is it you're wearing? I'm wearing the 2002-2003 Bayern Munich away shirt. And uh, this is one of those Adidas ones with like the meshy bits, which are, which are really actually much more meshy than I thought they were. I thought they were a bit stylistic, but very nice. T-Mobile, obviously one of the main sponsors of Bayern Munich for some time. But it, yeah, they won their 17th league, uh, Bundesliga title in this, in this, in this shirt. Ooh, Dominus. Nice. And then the opposite side of the table for me, looking very much like um, an Italian football hooligan, a capo <laughs> of the terraces, despite wearing a, a German shirt in his... Uh, in his hat, he's got a hooped earring you can't see, but we've seen it before, and uh, and his glasses. His producer, Tommy Stewart, back from a few days in Spain with a bit of a tan. What are you wearing, Tom? I'm wearing the Dortmund 2011-2012 goalkeeper shirt, and that was the season that they stormed to the title okay. after a long era of Bayern dominance, and then intermittently Dortmund will win the title every few years, and it was worn by Roman Weidenfeller who Lovely. I think in his 10th year at the club, it's red, it's got some That's some nice. yellow piping, it's got, uh, the sponsor is, can anyone read that for me? Evernick? Evernick, yeah. He, I don't know what Evernick is. Yeah. don't know, but this is peak pre-glow-up Klopp era, isn't it? This is, this is teeth like a gothic cemetery Klopp. My favourite Klopp. I yeah. think the best thing about that shirt is the oversized Kappa logos on the on shoulders. shoulders. Yeah, they're pretty good. Sex, really sexy, aren't they? The oh, I mean, <sighs> yeah, Evenic. They're a specialist chemicals company. Nice. Google or top of the head? <laughs> no, Google. Okay. <laughs> Come on, man. He has to Google his fucking address, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good.
We support these, we support these, we support these now. We support these now. Oh, I love that. That's Harmonies. Gonna, it's only ever going to sound good, that, isn't it? Only ever going to sound good. Oh. Yeah. You don't give me any credit for coming up with it on the spot, do you? When You've been talking, when, about, when, you've been when, talking about wanting more credit in the organisation. When do I get credit? <laughs> Fair enough. But... <laughs> he says, go, he's go. For, um, we support these now. <laughs> this week is it is on me mm. to tell you who we are supporting this week. Mundell has always supported different people, from refugees to rascals, from <laughs> George Stanway to George Michael. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, um, nice. This is this is just off the cuff method yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, He's good. Scripted. He's good. This ain't scripted. Um, and now from Birdo. You, we have supported you to the Bundesliga. So it's a Bundesliga special, as we have already mentioned, because of the shirts. And uh, we support this. We support these now. This week is we support Frank Schmidt and FC Heidenheim. For the uninitiated, FC Heidenheim are now in the Bundesliga for the first ever time in their history. Heidenheim has a population of fifty thousand people. Cool. Why it's a special story, despite that is Frank Schmidt has been gaffer for 16 years. Now, Frank Schmidt looks like the sort of fella who Seb is going to meet after whipping off the suit, <laughs> walking out of the civil service building and down to meet, down to meet his mate, um, Christian. Yeah, yeah. No, no, well, Frank, he's got Frank. an actual name. Yeah, down, yeah, to yeah, yeah. His, down to meet his mate, Frank, who's been working back office on the Autobahn. <laughs> And he's had a week of it. He's got a puffer. He's got some jeans. He's got a bit of a receding hairline. But he's a fucking great bloke. Frank Schmidt is a fucking great bloke. And he's the longest serving manager in Germany. He is from Heidenheim. He he had a, a nomadic playing career. Didn't do a lot. He was here, there, and everywhere, played for a lot of clubs, but finished his career at Heidenheim. And the manager, 16 years ago, the manager at the time got sacked and they got Schmidt in for two games only. And oh. straight away, they realised, similar to a, a, probably a Klopp type thing, is that they realised straight away that they had a real leader. He's, did you say he's the longest serving? The longest serving manager in German football. Wow. Um, so he's been at Heidenheim 16 years. They were a regional club when he became the manager. Uh, they've had a bit of money, but they've not been Leipzigged or anything like that. They, yeah. you know, they've had a bit of investment, but it's been careful investment, as you will see. The we've talked about it before on this podcast that the careful investment and and clubs getting up throughout the years. And Heidenheim have done this. They flirted um, with the big time a few years ago. They memorably got to the um, quarterfinal of the German Cup and lost five four to Bayern Munich. A, mm. le- a late Lewandowski penalty sealing oh. the deal for FC Hollywood against Heidenheim and. Um, Three or four years ago, they nearly got promoted out of the Bundesliga 2, but missed out on the final day. But on the final day of last season, going in to the last 10 minutes of the season, they're third and heading for a playoff place. If you see the video on the Bundesliga YouTube channel, which is excellent, by the way. Mm, That's Uh, that's how you do YouTube channels. The best of all the the domestic leagues is how the Bundesliga handle both their um, domestic and their um, international broadcast on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tremendous. But um, Hamburg think they're up, but then it goes to Heidenheim, who are 2-1 down going into extra time. They score in the 93rd minute, (laughs) equaliser from the spot. And then in the 99th minute of the game, Ball breaks across the box. Player at the back stick. Can't remember his name. Apologies. Slots it home. They go from third place. They catapult it. End up winning the league and getting promoted. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And now here they are 
um, in the Bundesliga. And I just think it's, um, it's. I mean, I'm, who isn't going to be supporting them now yeah, after that? They yeah. might get snotted every week, but I, I'm not sure because, you know, there's there's always a bit of a gap between the top of the. Look, we know the there's a bit of a you know, buy and win too often and financially something probably needs to be looked at but they've probably got a very good chance of staying up I don't know enough about German football to say whether they will or they won't but I just thought it was a, a, a lovely story um, at the beginning of the season and hopefully we can keep an eye on them and maybe we can even get over there but yeah 50,000 it's down south in Baden-Württemberg or something oh, like that Baden-Württemberg something like that anyway but it's just um, just a lovely little lovely little story and Frank Schmidt by all intents and purposes is a fucking amazing motivator, an amazing man manager. A lot of players who have gone on to have good Bundesliga careers yeah. have been uh, have played under Schmidt at Heidenheim on their way up the leagues, and have all credited him. He's quite a sort of messianic figure at the club, and uh, yeah. so yeah, Frank. I, I mean, I we support well, Frank, in, Frank Schmidt. And go on, Tom. It's a town, sorry, in Baden. Baden Württemberg. Württemberg. Yeah. yeah, they won the. They won the Vutterberg Cup five seasons on the trot oh. a few years ago. What you're saying is that you would talk to Frank. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while since I've needed to talk to Frank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I would definitely talk to Frank James. Yeah. yeah. So as we go right, I mean, fucking hell, that's who you look like. You look like Thomas Tuchel. In the hat? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see that. Thomas Tuchel terrifies yeah. me. But who's your... um? <laughs> you're, you're, you're Tommy Tuchel now we're going with that so Seb who's your um, you must have interviewed some German managers in the past German managers not so much actually but German players I did did, did do a few it's annoying I, uh, well I was on a shoot where they interviewed a German player who scored a winning goal in a World Cup final Andreas Bremer yeah. who did not seem to enjoy the fact that he was a World Cup final goal scorer he was uh, not really that interested in retelling the, I mean I'm sure he's told it a lot of times before but was he being paid yeah Fuck him then. You can you can honestly rinse him. Said was he a twat? Yeah, he was a he was a bellend. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he was a bellend. Unfortunately, fucking yeah. good player Bremer was, but a, a great player. And you know, you, you beforehand when you're talking to footballers or you're just trying to get into the flow of it, you're not talking about what you're going to talk about because you want to save that. You're just warming you. him up. You're did he did he not even want the warm up? No. Ah, fuck Inter it. Milan. You know, talking about Inter Milan and what was it like to have three of you over there? I bet you went out and had functional. He was. Uh, no, I really, I did try thinking about it. Friend I, of the uh, friend of the pod, uh, David Priest, uh, wrote for us once about playing against Andreas Bremer towards the end of Bremer's did, career and yeah. said it was uh, unbelievable how good he was. Yeah. Unbelievable. What about you, Tom? Who's your favourite German manager of all time? <sighs> reluctantly. Okay. I'm going to have to say, and when I say reluctantly, you might know it's going to come out of my mouth. Klopp. Yeah. Well, the man's a socialist. The man's a chain smoker. One of my friends actually served him in Liverpool recently. Said he was one of the politest customers anyway. Like not acknowledging the fact that he is Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, yeah. But genuinely, every three to four minutes, he's going out having a cig. Well, do you know, uh, talking about Jurgen Klopp, uh, Seb went to, <laughs> a few years ago, uh, went to Goodison with Yeovil. Yeovil played him in the Cup? Yeovil played him in the League Cup, yeah. Wait, Goodison, what, what and, a um, You know, for us. Seb... Bears a passing reference. I'm sure you might mind me saying to pre-glow up club. Oh, Definitely pre-glow up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, butte is obviously a derogatory word in, in in Liverpool. Everton fans call him Das Butte, and they were calling Seb Das Butte, which is <laughs> fucking brilliant. The whole pub. <laughs> Hold pub shouting Das Butte at him. Yeah, yeah. What a glow up, by the way. Clark. Oh, 100%. Oh, I'd probably need, yeah, if any, yeah. God, he looks... I think he's gone too far. What's gone too far, though? The teeth. The teeth. 
I just no. think the whole thing is mad. I miss the glasses. Uh, that's what I was going to say. But he then, suits glasses. He does suit he glasses. He did suit glasses. I think. Yeah, yeah. I just can't believe he's gone for a f- mid-50s German fella, mm. right, with a love of metal and, you know, who's worn some deeply uncool clothes in the past but has yeah. been fine with it. Yeah. Did he's gone Roadman? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like he's asked Nike to make a, like make sure there's always all black training gear. He's got all sorts of different coats and training tops and <laughs> tights and fucking unbelievable. It, is the the black and more neutral side of things, is that more to do with the fact that he's sponsored by Adidas so they wants to the Adidas to Well train. maybe it is. As Nike was signing Liverpool, Adidas swooped in and signed the club. Yeah. So he's always got Adidas trainers on. I mean Germany wow. obviously it's, it's I, I remember his first ever game managing Liverpool. Was it against Tottenham? It might have been against Tottenham. But he had that team that he inherited, Lalana, etc. I remember this game well. The first half, the first half I thought, fucking hell. Like they were knackered second half. Mm. And he'd only been there like a week or something. I thought, fucking hell. Well, it was only Adam He's Lalana. Bits, isn't it? It was only Adam Lalana who knew how to press because yeah, yeah, he'd yeah. done it under uh, Pochettino. But they were all they, oh, was, yeah, they were all still trying. Oh, yeah. Like, and they were they knackered just, by they, the second half. They just ran around you. Yeah. But Poor I thought he, he's going to, like, fuck Poor it. old Danny Ings, my uh, spirit animal. According God. to James. Do you remember when Sean Dyche said Danny Ings could play for Real Madrid or Barcelona? It, this is my so point, Sean man. This wasn't, this wasn't... This wasn't... Look, I wasn't he's a top right. Could play for Barca. I could play for Madrid. The last thing it. I wanted to say about, <clears throat> about this, about the way that they got promoted, that was part of that sort of run of incredible sort of last minute and late goals yeah. towards the end of last season. There was a it, few. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. Well, all the Hamburg fans were on the pitch, weren't they? So yeah. that was the, that was the source of it. But when you dive deeper, actually, the story behind why they're on the pitch and why they're so disappointed is probably more exciting. Because Hamburg, I remember watching the playoffs afterwards. Hamburg got beaten by uh, I can't remember. They lost at home anyway, and they're a massive club. And this is the thing about maybe they will stay up because a lot of big teams do drop out of that Bundesliga. Yeah, you know? there's some big teams in the se- in the second division. So, be interesting to see how they do. But Frank sounds like a top man. Frank Schmidt. Talk to we, Frank, baby. We support, we support Frank now, for sure. Welcome to Volleywood. <sighs> you ain't been to Volleywood, man. <gasps> oh, bloody that was, that was lovely. so good. Sultry, you got one yet? That was good. That was good yeah. No, no, I've, no. Did you like that? I haven't. I, I, like... I keep. Yeah, the last one you did, you look like you're having a stroke. Seb, did you like that? Yeah. That was really good. That yeah. was your best one. Yeah. You like that, did you? Yeah, you're getting better and better every week. You like that, though, did you? Oh, I thought it was a bit over the top. To did you? <laughs> yeah. I thought um, you're the type of man who's desperate to do some am drama and are never going to do it, and you'll be telling everyone. Oh, you'll, you'll... absolutely not. I've done. I've I've done my well, stint on the stage. Yeah, with your dad. Your dad's, your dad's drama. Club. Well, I was more talking about my own spoken word foray. Did you? This is. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I knew, I knew you were a poet. I didn't know you were a spoken from, word poet. Yeah, James yeah. was a slam poet. From, from <laughs> stages, stages yes. from Paris to Peterborough. <laughs> yeah. I, I once did a Paris. I once did a Christmas Eve Eve gig oh, in yeah. Kettering. Did you re- yeah. genuinely? Have you not heard? Yeah. Oh. I didn't know that. It was, the, it was. I thought it was all glam and glitz. It was uh, in the wine bars of Paris. It wasn't very oh. glam. <laughs> it wasn't very glam. Pete Doherty in the audience. But yeah. but, but Kettering Kettering was the top three worst nights. Of James Acaster in the audience. No, yeah. they were just. Where did you stay in Kettering again? I stayed in the basement of the <laughs> lad who organised it. Fucking on Christmas Eve? Christmas Eve. Eve, Eve, Eve. Was this pre-Mondial? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. The really right. Belleville Park pages. Well, 
That's how we met James. I, I, ran I know. It. Yeah, he was doing a talk about the Belleville Park pages, ran but my own poetry magazine. Yeah. yeah. If if any of our listeners ever come to a Mundial event um, or meet James, just ask him about Walter. Anyway, <laughs> welcome <laughs> to Volleywood. <laughs> Woo! Oh yeah! That's nice. I was getting into it. Yeah, yeah I like nice. that set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I was, yeah. Do it again. Yeah! Oh, God, you've been practising that, haven't you? <laughs> Who with? <No. laughs> Volleywood is, as you would expect... Let's just say I'm a wanted man. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. That's really bad, I shouldn't have said that. Dead. <laughs> Sorry. Wanted, dead or alive. <laughs> Preferably dead. Crimes, <laughs> crimes, against plumbing syst- crimes against plumbing systems all across Europe. <laughs> Right then, Volleywood is where we talk about volleys and as if they're going on the Volleywood Walk of Fame um, because it sounds nice and um, we get to say things like welcome to Volleywood. So, um, it is Seb this week, the Green Goddess. If people don't remember, we have the Green Goddess, our big timer, and we have Little Seb, Happy Finish, whatever it's fucking called, our Little Timer. And yeah, they seem to both be going. Reminds me of the sauna. Volleywood, Seb White, who details first, Detail. please, brother, before you go off on one of your wild fucking tangents. <laughs> so, who? Thomas Hitzel... No, I knew I'd get this wrong. I've been practising. Thomas Hitzelsberger. The Hammer. Playing for Stuttgart against Energy Cottbus at the, in the last game of the 2007 Bundesliga season. Cool. Now, straight away, Owen, you said the Hammer. He is known hitting the ball and hitting it properly. Did he inherit, because they used to be George, um, George the Hammer Alberts, the left footer who played for Rangers and, and, and various other clubs. Dortmund, who, I think, as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who could fucking belt it. Yeah. So did do they pass the nickname around, or was he just also Thomas the Hammer Hitzelsberger? They, or have I just made that up, or is that what Villa fans called him? I tried to do some digging. I, I think For the benefits was, of this podcast, he is called Der Hammer. Der Hammer, yeah. Der Hammer. And... Okay, I thought oh, there's going to be loads of volleys here, and there, when you go through his career, he's got some fantastic, really amazing long-range strikes, but not necessarily that many volleys. But this volley that has got that goes into the Hollywood Hall of Fame is not is is a brilliant volley, but the context is so important here, so important here. Two weeks before this game, the Bundesliga is a three-horse race: Werder Bremen, Schalke, and Stuttgart. And it looks like Schalke are going to go, go go run away with it because they were quite they were a big team at the time. Uh, but they lose in their penultimate game away to Borussia Dortmund two 0 and then Stuttgart come back twice from behind to win three two, which takes them into the into pole position, top top of the league by two points. But this is a really young Stuttgart team. A re- it's the youngest team in the Bundesliga, so this is a young, inexperienced team. They're two points ahead. They're at home last game of the season. And whilst they have, you know, to win, if they win, they win the league, great. But so it's a very hot afternoon in Stuttgart and they have a very nervy start and they go 1-0 down. Schalke have also scored at this point. So at this point, Schalke are, champ- are going to be champions if it stays as is. Busted by the energy cop bus last. And it, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And this is around, so this is around 20 minutes, 20 minutes in. So they're, they're nervy. They need something to happen. They need something to spark them into life. And eight minutes later, there's a corner. Just you know, every even the camera is panning around to the shenanigans in the box. You know, people pulling shirts and stuff like that. Oh yeah. But the corner goes out past 
the penalty area and to the edge, not even to the edge of the penalty area, I would say five yards outside the penalty area, all the way to Thomas Hitzelsberger. And the hammer, the hammer, the hammer is waiting, and uh, the hammer is well and truly waiting, and he hits it with such force and such velocity. Ah, uh, it's just insane. It goes like it goes through the keeper, arguably, but also not just that. There's a little bit. He just he catches it a little bit on the outside of his boot, so it just spins in a certain way where it just spins all the way around, just across the face of the keeper. And slams home. Are you saying there's a touch of swaz in there? There is definitely a Ooh. touch of swaz. Get it up, Owen. It's one of my favourite volleys. Corner. Oh, you can look at the, the sun the kissing, sunshine in the, sun kissing the turf. It comes straight out. Fucking Oh, hell. hello. Let's have some of that. Look how young he looks there. Oh, they're on the pitch. Oh, Seb, this is... Oh, good. yes. I mean, the celebration. A kick of the corner flag is as good as it gets. Look at that. Left peg. Maybe it goes a, up high. Maybe a, oh, that's a terrible goalkeeping, to be fair. But no, no, no. Look, look, look at it from this angle. It does. T- the it's spin a bit of a takes dipper, it away isn't it? from him. Oh, you, you know what? <clears throat> it's a spin nope. and dip. But to do this in the last game of the season, they've got to win to win the league. They felt the pressure. They were behind. What a! It's a great volley. But we've just seen him run off and kick the corner flag there, which I think is one of the great types of celebration. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's no premeditation. No. No, that, that's sheer relief, it. isn't that's relief that, isn't it? Yeah, like my least favourite type of celebration. In fact, the worst celebration in the mm. history of celebrations, not just in football, Ryan Giggs and Paul Lintz. Uh, they're like running off and then doing the doing the guns to each other. Yeah, the whole routine. The other one, see Lee Sharp doing Elvis dances at the corner flag. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. cool, I think. Pretty that one. good. So there's been some good ones and some bad ones, but I like this type. Yeah. I like absolutely, but yeah, because he has fucking pelted over to the corner and yeah. absolutely volleyed that corner. Flag. It's a loss of control, isn't it? It's you've done something so brilliant, and there's so imagine having fifty thousand people in in bits going nuts because of something that you've just done. Yeah, I, and I, you're yeah, and you're as in the moment that you're not unpeeling your fucking stupid <coughs> celebration, and maybe it's because he's a midfielder, right? And you don't score as many goals. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And, and strikers, they know they're going to score goals. So they practice celebrations, and and they're cool and they're clinical, and it goes as part of the thing, right? But. This is just, this is uh, barnstorming midfielder scores a goal and goes bananas. I'll tell you another true. one I don't like. The I'm not asked I've scored, I'm grabbing the goal out the back of the net. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and don't get me started on players who don't celebrate for, against former no. clubs. Oh, fuck I know, that. I know, I know. Fuck that. I know. What about the club that's paying you? And what about the yeah. fact you just scored a goal? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, yeah. When Adebayo ran the length of the pitch. <laughs> that, fair that play, brilliant. sunshine, fair play. I love Absolutely. That. I love that. Absolutely. The stuff they sang about him. It was a disgrace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To, to be honest, that was a disgrace. Fuck that. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. People should have known better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And definitely. If you can give it out, it's a thing with football fans, isn't it? If you can't give it, you got, if you give it out, you've got to be able to take it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I know it's easier said than done, and ten, you know, but it's still brilliant that. To best. be honest, go on very quickly. I think you often you do in grounds, fans will laugh at each other in grounds. Like someone will start yeah. singing one thing. We were researching something the other day and apparently at a Dundee United game, the <laughs> Rangers pre-winding up order, Rangers fans were singing uh, Rangers till we die, we're Rangers till we die. And the Dundee United fans went Rangers till July. Yeah. <laughs> we're Rangers till July. <laughs> so and then they got wound up and went out of business. And I, like stuff like that happens more in grounds, right? But it yeah. does, where it doesn't happen <laughs> is on the internet. True. Yeah. What I wanted to say about Adebayor is when you watch that back, obviously he's running very, very quickly and the camera's trying to keep up with him. But <laughs> he's, he's, so 
He can't wait to get <laughs> yes, there. Yes, he can't yes, wait yes, to yes, get yes, in front yes, of the yes, fans. Yes. He's trying to like every sinew of his body. He's trying <laughs> yeah. to get there quicker. Like a dog to the sea. <laughs> oh. Yes. Yeah. He cannot wait to knee slide. <laughs> like a dog to the sea. He does. It's the the thing that I like, and I know we mentioned how bad it was, what the abuse that he got, and him giving it back. But there is also, especially in this in the, in the Premier League of modern age. There's the, the people rushing, the absolute rush of people to, to ca- get down to the front and just be, go, to be and the just first say, and just go, him whack, 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 you know, look, yeah. They've lost their shit as well. It, and it, it, it's pretty slides, doesn't it? Yeah, he yeah, slides. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. fantastic. Uh, Vegos last season as well from for United. Like it's, I, I think. I can't remember he said it, but it's the fastest he ever ran in a Man United <laughs> yeah, shirt yeah, yeah. when he scored his one goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, I mean, there's been, you know, there's a litany of angry celebrations. I mean, the Kets buyer being the angry celebration. Yeah, that's that. The boot in the, the hoardings. Like properly, not just like properly, but he gets his foot gets stuck in it so much he boots it so hard, doesn't he? Maradona, yeah. 94. Yeah. The camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very angry. If you boil down football to its, the, 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 the smallest bit, that 30 seconds, or not even that, maybe 10 seconds, when your team scores or you've scored a goal, that's the best thing about football. Yeah. Absolutely. We're, that's the it best is, thing about football. Back to the game. We've gone on a bloody tangent it, about celebrations there, Seb. It goes to one all. The, obviously, the place has erupted. And again, imagine the celebrations in the stands. In the second half, there's a, this is a Stuttgart team that contains a very young but brilliant Sammy Kadira in midfield. Yeah. What and player. he scores a second goal. He scores the second goal from a from a cross, and they they're two one up, and they've also got Mario Gomez, a, a friend of the Mario Mar- Gomez, yes! Mario Gomez, Mario Gomez, Mario Gomez. <laughs> exactly, Mario so Gomez. Good, so as well as having these young players, they've got Mario Gomez. So you know. who would have himself still been fairly? Young. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, comes yeah. off the bench, but um, yeah, they win. They obviously they win two one to win the league, and. We, we, we sat here with Dortmund and, and, and Bayern Munich shirts on. These are the two dominant teams. Not many other teams win win the Bundesliga. And obviously, there's party time in Stuttgart. There's over 300,000 people in the city celebrating them win the league. There's some great videos. And again, talking about Bundesliga YouTube channel and stuff, there's yeah, some great videos of the celebrations and things like that. They really just make an effort, don't they, on, on there? So... I just think it's a it's a great moment in time, you know. He and he does come back to England a bit after that, doesn't he? he plays for Lazio. His career does fizzle out a little bit due to injury and maybe the pressures of of his life, as we find out later on, you know. And and what a but what a the, the hammer. Just some of the goals he scores are incredible, but this has got to be the pick of pick of the bunch. This is the hammer's hammer. The hammer's hammer, honestly, yeah. It's I I love it. I couldn't stop watching it and. The context behind it makes it even more special. Yeah, and I also think without going um, without going too fully into it, but he was the first Premier League player to come out um, as gay, I believe. But it was just after he'd retired, and he said at the yeah. time he didn't feel he could have done it while he was playing. Right? I, I'm not putting words in his mouth there. I think I think that's that what is what he said. Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah. Out of all the noise about Jordan Henderson in particular signing for a, um, a Saudi club, the way Hitzelsberger spoke about it was that. Why was supporting rainbow laces and LGBTQ plus um, issues so important to you then for it suddenly not to be important at all? Now, why did you, he, he was not about the money. He was not about hip hop. He was not about anything. He was like, why did, why bother then? Yeah. Being, if it doesn't matter now. And I think exactly the way he that. spoke about it sort of made me think about it in a different way because I think the way Hitzelsberger spoke about it was he didn't go for, it wasn't invective, he didn't go for the jugular, he didn't go in two-footed, he just said, he this, did. Is what, this is what I don't get and I thought he spoke about it very well. So, fair play, Tommy, fair play, Durhammer. Amen. Not Ooh. amen, Seb. They don't like it. <laughs> 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 here, here. <laughs> here, here. 
Amen. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Mundial joins the dots for football culture. And that's not a boast by us, but the words of an actual subscriber in our most recent reader survey. Why not see what they're on about and have a look at Mundial magazine. 100 pages of global football magic released four times a year. It looks great, smells great, and the writing isn't bad either. Go to mundalemag.com or follow the link in the show description to find out more. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Tommy, turn that timer over. We've got fucking Birdo on. Right then. Um, <laughs> adventures in Clubland is two things. It's where we talk about Indian loans, last chance saloons, and uh, no. Indian Indi- loans. Indian like loans. This is James Bird. Adventures in Clubland. So for this week's Adventures in Clubland, we are going to a man called Raoul. Ooh. Now. Oh my God. Not the actor Raoul Julia who's in the Adams family. No, 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 no. <laughs> We're talking about Raoul, who. Um, growing up, I absolutely loved, and that was mainly through seeing him in the Champions League on ITV on my telly. And I think Raul fits into that genre of striker, which I don't feel is very common anymore, where I don't know what he's... He didn't have the attribute that everyone looks for immediately when you're a kid and you're looking for a favourite player. He wasn't the quickest. You wouldn't go, oh my God, he's so fast. He didn't have the hardest shot. You wouldn't go, oh my God, his shot was Mm. so good. He wasn't the most skillful. He didn't do the most tricks. I think what Raul had was probably the best footballing brain that I ever saw as a striker. And I got to the realised that more because he had his debut in 1995 for Real Madrid and he was at Real Madrid until 2010. So I went from being an eight-year-old watching him <laughs> yeah. to being a 20-year-old watching him play for the same club. So I learned why Raul was good. Um, and of course, someone who's won three Champions Leagues, six yeah. La Ligas, captain the club for, yeah. for six years as well. There but, are ob- very lots of obvious reasons. But, but famously, James, to, to jump in very quickly, and it's something that people have probably heard before, is that for Alex Ferguson considered yep. him the um, the player they had to stop. If you stopped him, you stopped Madrid playing. And I remember speaking a long time ago to Rio Ferdinand about it, and he just said it was a fucking nightmare knowing what to do with Raul. Mm. Because you, if, you li- if you don't follow him, he's going to fuck you. Yep. Yeah. And yes. if you follow him, 
He's going to fuck you. Yeah. He's going to find something. Yeah. That's what he's like. He'd drop in yeah. quite a lot as well, wouldn't he? Well, he, he always did. He, he roamed yeah. a lot. He dropped in here, there, and everywhere. He, he, he roamed a lot. And he had, obviously, he had a, he had a lot of good strike partnerships. He had um, Morientes to begin with. And then he dealt very well with the Galacticos coming in and remained a force in the team, playing up front with Ronaldo, et cetera, et cetera. But I remember reading that quote and thinking, and it made me watch him in a different way. Yeah. So it gets to 2010. And um, he's been given a co- what was called a contract for life by Real Madrid, which was that as long as you play 30 games in a season, you can play for this club forever. It's a bit like your contract for life at Mondial. <laughs> <laughs> There's caveats. <laughs> and for what it's worth, Raul played over 30 games for every season from 1995 to 2010, except for one. Wow. <laughs> That's a um, lot. That's a lot. But 2010, uh, Guti announces he's leaving and then the day later Raul says that he's leaving so there's a sort of changing of of the guard here enter Schalke and Felix the cheese man McGath so <gasps> Schalke have finished second that season um, and so they're going to be in the Champions League um, I would sorry Felix McGath we've yeah. talked about German managers before the, oh god yeah. the oddest cunt in, yeah. in well, football history before before you told me that my favourite German manager was Tommy Tuchel, I would have said Felix McGath is my favourite. Okay, fair enough. I'll shut up. An, an absolute oddball. Very divisive. Some players absolutely rave about him. Some say he's the worst manager they ever had, right? Well, it was it was the tall guy. Breda Hangeland. Breda yeah. Hangeland. Yeah. Well, well, he, he tried an, to put cheese on his knee. For an ACL. Yes. <laughs> McGath said we do. They, they did this in Switzerland. Yeah, I learned about this in Switzerland. You've got to rub this cheese on your knee. <laughs> took a right brie to his leg. Oh, <laughs> did so looks like a succession of cannonballs put together with plasticine, doesn't he, McGath? With, yeah, with glass, with glasses drawn on. He, he looks like a Will Child. Brilliant. He does. He does. Like a Will Child. <laughs> he does. Felix um, McGath, bit like Penfold from Danger Mouse. So Felix McGath and Schalke, they've got Champions League. There's a load of other big European clubs in Ferrawal, but they've got the Champions League. It's the Bundesliga. I believe that only five of the Spanish players had ever played in the Bundesliga prior to this. So oh, yeah. So Raul heads over to the Bundesliga and Schalke. He scores on his debut. It's a, oh. it's a pre-season game against Bayern Munich. This is a brilliant club land, this James. I'm really happy with this. He um, scores a debut against Bayern Munich, but then has a bit of a sticky start. Um, they lose their first four games. He doesn't score in six. Questions are being would be rightly asked. Correct, they, correct. Is he here for the money? Yeah, correct, yeah. correct. But by by December, he scored two hat tricks. <laughs> questions have been answered, and and the wheels are rolling. Um, that season, uh, Schalke win the DFB Pokal Cup for the mm-hmm. first time in nine years. Uh, he scores the winner over Bayern Munich in the semi-final oh. in a 1-0 win. You can imagine how that went down. And that season, he also scores three goals across two legs uh, against Inter Milan and Schalke get to the semi-finals yeah, of the Champions I, League I remember, yeah, for, I the, remember. for the first time in their history. So, you know, Raul, who has scored... I can't remember the number of goals for Real Madrid, but a huge amount. Well, he was their top scorer until um, Cristiano broke his records. And he was the top Champions League scorer, I believe. Oh, yes, he was, yeah. For years, yeah. So, he has a brilliant first season. He looks absolutely gorgeous in that blue and white polo neck top that Schalke have got with the hooped socks, the blue and white hooped socks. And also, one of the great forgotten sponsors... Oh, it's Gazprom. It's Gazprom. It's Gazprom. Yeah. Early doors Gazprom. Early doors Gazprom. It is. Andy Dawson, who we've mentioned on this podcast before, yes. and Profanity Swan. 
at Champions League days when Gazprom was the sponsor would would often say before kickoff, just about to have myself a pint of Gazprom. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've just got the kits Legend. up here to have a look at, and because at first. It's a great bad shulker, isn't it? But look at the... I mean, there's a flame on the Gazprom there. Look yeah, at that. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Again, in all of the photos of Raul playing for Schalke, he's got that wet-look, messy, tousled hair yeah, that yeah. I've been striving for yeah. and for about 15 years. And, how old and it, look, it looks the same in every single photo. It's just enough curl, just enough moisture in there to look messy, <laughs> yes. but under control. But the difference here is you've got the least amount, you've got no Latin blood in you, have you? You are yeah. the most Anglo of Saxons oh, I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, you come over with the Viking, Come over with the Vikings as a pot wash. Yeah. <laughs> They yeah, yeah, yeah. picked you up somewhere and picked you up near Wick in Scotland or something and stuck yeah. you on the longboat. Yeah. You don't take one of those DNA tests. Well, apparently, apparently I've got oh. Italian blood, royal Italian Ooh. blood. Fuck off. Who's yeah. told you this? Uh, my mom, actually, who, who's a big purveyor of the truth at yeah. times. <laughs> Is it, isn't one to romanticise the story. I don't know where I get that from. Oh. So he looks gorgeous. He's got the incredible hair. He scores some brilliant, brilliant goals. There's one against Freiburg where Gerardo does a lovely looped pass. It's just through one of those classic Raul runs where he sort of nice. runs across the defence and then curls back round to meet it. There's two beautiful, very like, you know, short form lob where you're probably only 15 yards mm. out, but you still manage to scoop the ball over the goalie. So he scores brilliant goals. He scores important goals. And this was a great shot Schalke team as well. This is, you know, they finished second in the year that's in the Bundesliga the year yeah. before. They've got Neuer, they've got Draxler, they've got Rakitic, they've got Huntelaar. They've got and, Rakitic. Wow. And, and, yeah. and not only do they have good players, but Ra Raul has a huge impact on a lot of these players. Julian Draxler says uh, that when he first met him, uh, when Raul stood in front of me, I couldn't talk. Oh. I wanted to speak in English and say, hello, I am Julian, but only mumbling <laughs> came out. I absorbed everything from Raul and I tried to change my game in a way that he was happy with him. Who said this? You. Julian Draxler. Oh, right. <laughs> I asked him in tra after training sessions or games which runs I should do if he has the ball and which kind of pass he wants to have if I have the ball, which I thought was a really, really lovely, lovely thing to hear from a footballer. He Raul was also, talking about celebrations, do you remember how Raul used to celebrate? Well, there's the Matador celebration that he does for Schalke. But, but also, oh. kiss the ring, yeah. Kiss the ring, yes, he did. So I think it's a brilliant adventure club land for us to look at and it's amazing to, you know, won trophies, scored brilliant goals, scored important goals, had an impact on the had players. But sometimes it's like, how, what did what did Raul think about it? Like, we're, we're a neutral observer. Yeah. As usual, we're sort of putting a story onto a footballer whereas they're a footballer and they're essentially doing their job and they're training until 1pm and then they go home and they're a bit bored. But Raul <laughs> fucking loved it. When he signed, he said that he enjoyed himself like a little boy. And when you watch the footage, he's having so much fun. This isn't This isn't a shit league. But he's oh, really, God, no. really enjoying the freedom, I think, of being sort of stripped of where he was already an, an icon and a king of... But the goldfish bowl of, of, Madrid, oh. of Madrid with, the, with the, you know, the papers it's dedicated hard. to We've seen that, 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 that news programme where they talk about... They, it's on every night, isn't it, for two hours, where yeah. they, they have to find something to talk yeah. about. And they yeah. Where they cry and yeah, yeah, exactly. such like. That's what the players for. That's what his teammates thought. That's what the fans thought. That's what we see looking at him. He was only there for two seasons. Yeah. He went to Al Sadd straight afterwards. But Schalke 
after two seasons, gave him a testimonial. And, yeah, they, bri- and they briefly retired the number seven shirt. And oh. I've read a lot of things as well about how him moving to the Bundesliga, a Spanish player, I think the fifth or sixth, I can't quite remember, but a lot of Spanish players followed him and yeah, yeah. Sort of, he's sort of seen as paving the way. So What a good... What a guy. This is one of my favourite adventures in Clubland because I think... They're all your favourites, sir. <laughs> No, but this is because <laughs> <laughs> no, but quick this, things this of is. reason why. No, no, this is because he could have gone. I imagine after Real Madrid, from Real Madrid, anywhere he could have gone anywhere. Yeah. Right? And if anyone, anyone who's been to the Ruhr knows, it's very different from a you know the, the a capital city of Spain. Yeah, uh, for example, and it would be very easy for him just to say no, but to just go somewhere un, unexpected. You know, he could. I, I imagine the Premier League cops would have been going for him. Surely, yeah. You know, and he's just gone. No, I'm going to go there somewhere that had an opportunity to do something and be remembered and have a testimonial after two years. It says a lot about him, doesn't it? it does it does say a lot about him? It as does a, him as a player? But he was he was magic. I had a, um, a long running argument with someone who claimed that um, Raúl wasn't world class. Oh, I was incandescent bollocks. about it, and I remain incandescent about it because he's bollocks. Yeah. I, I watched him play enough, and he was he was absolutely. And not that it fucking matters, these definitions, but he was. He was he was as good as it got for a long time. He yep. was fucking brilliant. For so fucking long as so well. Long. Top that... scorer in the Champions League ever. El Ferrari. They, El Ferrari was being named yeah. at Madrid by Fernando Hierro. Do you know what that means, Seb? El Ferrari? Yeah. Fast. No, the Ferrari. The Ferrari. He's caught me on the hop. Caught in the, caught I, I, on the fast. Hat I saw him in the flesh in that. Uh, I don't. Fast. I can't remember. Sp- fast. El, El Fastio. <laughs> Scotchio. <laughs> Butros. Butros Garlic. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw him play. Sorry, James. I saw him Not play cool. in the uh, Champions League quarter final against Man United. The, the Ronaldo hat trick one. Yeah. The Ronaldo hat trick. Which we'll come one. back to another time. We will come back to it, but. Um, yeah, just to see him in the flesh. And he was all, me and my brother used to argue because I was an R9 guy. My brother was Raul. And my brother's a more intelligent, probably person, and definitely more a more intelligent footballer. And he always, even at the age of 10, I'd be 12, he appreciate Raul. But our Uncle Mick, who's very, you know, proper Shropshire mucker. You know a Shropshire mucker, don't you? I'm aware of him. He used to call him, he, he used to, as many times we fucking talk. Also, he wasn't a blood-related <laughs> uncle. He was just my granddad's mate, but we had yeah, to call him Uncle Mick. Yeah, yeah. He'd be like, "Tommy, Tommy's Ronaldo, and Rich, Rich has always been rule." Yeah. <laughs> as many times you tell him it's Raul, it'd be uh, rule. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't that his pro Evo name though? To be fair to him, rule. Yeah. <laughs> rule. We interviewed Rule Fox, didn't we? One we did interview. <laughs> yes, Raul. <laughs> rule. Fo- what a lovely man, Rule Fox. What a lovely man. Yeah. And what is Raul doing now? He is um, I, ambassador for Real Madrid. He's probably coaching at Madrid Youth System. Is the manager of the Castillas? Oh, the B team. Yeah. Ah. His daughter plays for the under-15s. I know that much. Oh, really? Ah. Nice. Thanks, James. Thanks for bringing Raul in. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. That was a good one. Are you looking to join a club? Well, how about Club Mundial? It's what we call our subscriber offering. And it's the best club in the world, we think. For only £10 a quarter, you get the magazine through your door, a tidy little membership card, 20% off all Mundial merchandise and discounts at classic football shirts, All Press Espresso, Art of Football and Percival Menswear. What more do you want? You also get priority access to events, subscriber-only merchandise and a weekly Club Mundial newsletter. Go to mundialmag.com 
or follow the link in the description to subscribe today. We'll see you at the bar. This is the Mundial Archive, and uh, as it's a Bundesliga special, we're going back to a fairly recent issue, issue 24, when we did five covers, and it was the, um, we did portraits of the artists as young men, and um, we did Diego Maradona, written by our our friend Mike Gibbons, we did uh, Ronaldo, written by our friend um, Rupert Fryer, hello Rupert, I know you'll be listening, we did um, Lionel Messi, written by... My colleague James Bird. Present. You know, so I said, you know, so I said <laughs> he is friend, friend, friend colleague. colleague. Yeah, just check in. Transient. Um, yeah, we, <laughs> we did Wayne Rooney by our friend Roy. And then I drew what I felt originally was the short story. I sort of took one for the team and said I would do Erling Haaland, despite not having much of a connection to him. But I still wanted to write about him because I found him quite fascinating. We didn't want to go to Norway necessarily. And meet his like primary school teacher and people who used to sell him bread because a well-known subscription website had already done that and um, no one's going to say anything bad about him, are they? From when he was sixteen, not going to say yeah he was a cheeky little cunt or whatever. <laughs> so yeah, Erling was a lovely guy, you know. Mm. Whatever. So we went to Dortmund. Um, nothing to do with us wanting to go to a Dortmund game. And what I didn't realise until I wrote the piece, I, kn- I sort of knew it, but what I didn't realise is for for eighty percent of Haaland's career. He didn't play in front of a full house. The beginning of his, not career, his Dortmund career. Dortmund. At the beginning of his Dortmund career, for the oh. first four or five games, or maybe ten games, he would have been playing in front of a full house. And then it wasn't till right at the end, when people already knew he was leaving, that he started to play in front of a full house again. That's so weird. He's not a club legend at Dortmund. None of the fans see him as a club legend. Really? Not at all. No. no. This, is, this is what was interesting about this, because for... Oh, and if you don't mind me uh, butting in here. No, no, I'm going to read a piece, some of the piece in a minute, but you carry on, brother. Because what I would like to say is that I think that when you look at things from the outside in, you would look at his numbers at Dortmund and go, oh my bloody God, he was only there for two years, but look at how many goals he scored. Look at how many, look at the amount of goals he scored in his first game, his second game, his third game, his fourth <laughs> game in the Champions League. The, the ratios are out of control. But what you have to remember is that Dortmund isn't a normal football club and that one of the one of the very interesting things that we heard was that when they celebrate a goal, they don't celebrate the player scoring the goal. They celebrate the same they, they mm. celebrate in the same way whoever scored it. It's just Dortmund uh, scoring a goal. It is, but I think that is, I sort of think that is typical of most clubs. You just forget it when you're looking at other clubs but your own. Do you know what I mean? Because it makes sense why he's not a hero. But I certainly do think the fact he didn't play in front of um, crowds adds to Contributes, it. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I, I know what you're saying, but I, and I do, I get it. But Dortmund fans would say, no, we are different, XXX. And, and the aforementioned uh, Paul Lambert is one of their biggest legends, even though he's there for a year and a half. He's in like their hundred greatest. He's got a stone or something, a brick or something in the yeah. club. Well, there's there's murals. Murals. There's, there, yes, well, yes, there's murals in and around the stadium. But no, I, I think like, I do understand what you're saying, James. It was mm. it was it was interesting to to hear that. It sort of made sense as soon as we heard it. Yeah, exactly. And what what I was going to say was that as opposed to just writing the piece, which was look how brilliantly Erling Haaland, a young Erling Haaland did at Dortmund, the piece almost became investigative in a way that was uh, people saying, no, actually, you might think that we think this, but here's what we actually think. Mm. And, And that was that he was brilliant for us. He was a brilliant young player. He brought a brilliant atmosphere to the changing room. But he is the epitome of modern football. Right. And Dortmund at its crux is against sort of the pitfalls of modern football. Yeah. So there's a very interesting contrast. Um, yeah. I'm interested to... 
And they knew they were a stepping stone, I guess. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'm interested, and we spoke to some very important people. We spoke to Uli Hess, who who is a a, a brilliant German football journalist. The authority. We spoke to the guy who was the head of the um, Southside Ultras and and now actually works for the club, and he sort of spoke to us amazingly for a long period of time. So I'm very interested to hear which... Yeah, and, and yeah, and, read and if anyone's confused, I did write the piece rather than James, but he was there. I was there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Journalistically, there was also a job to be done. We are undoubtedly at the beginning of one of the iconic careers, but it is moving at such a pace that large chunks of it will disappear and become statistical entries. Um, he's now so fully formed and bulging out of his sky blue shirt from living on a diet of hearts and livers and lasagna that even if you saw him play for Salzburg in the flesh, you have to check that he was actually that cultish and ungainly three or four years ago. Mm. It's hard to see a time when he will ever stop scoring and the coverage of his exploits will become even more binary and reductive. So that's why we decided to travel to Dortmund. We wanted to preserve this part of his story for future generations. An anthropological study of one of the greats told while memories were still fresh by people who had a front row seat as he emerged from his chrysalis. It's a story of goals, sure, but not really one about numbers. It's about modern football. A young man denied his audience and what it really takes to become a legend. So... The thing which is worth talking about now, because I know him going to City is is in many ways not what a lot of people would see as like a great modern football story and romance. The fact his dad played there and there's a picture of him as a kid in a City shirt, I do think softens and changes that a little bit. Oh yeah, definitely. His, I do. his delight, so I. his Thanks, delight Paul. at playing for the club and playing football, hmm. I find it impossible to dislike. Early Absolutely. Early. I really fucking like him. I yeah. only don't like him because he plays for no he's, yeah. he's our rival he's great <laughs> but yeah he's, he's he's unbelievable he's funny he's clever he's empathetic and he's fucking he's, incredible he's kind of self-deprecating as well isn't yeah. he? he's a bit tongue-in-cheek in interviews so the bit i'm going to read is um it's before we got into the in- investigation bit and it's before we get we talk about that incredible goal um he scored against <laughs> psg in the champions league when it made that sound where it sounds like he has cracked the whole stadium yeah. which <laughs> <laughs> which was one of the last goals he scored in, in front of a full house. Mm. Um, he couldn't even do his um, his um, Zen celebration because he was that excited by the goal he'd scored. Uh, you know, and another thing I loved about him then. But we met up with Uli Hess, who we've who we've mentioned before. Uli Hess, uh, German football authority, um, great bloke, uh, Dortmund season ticket holder, and he re- took us back to Harlan's debut. People were saying on social media, it's not a problem because Holland is going to come on and score a hat-trick. It was amazing. That's what Ali has told us. And then we talk about meeting Ali and who he is and whatever. And he said, um, we've asked him about the events of January 18th, 2020, Borussia Dortmund, away at Augsburg, 3-1 down, 54 minutes on the clock. It felt inevitable, he said. I've been watching football a long time and I've never had that before when a player comes on and he's a kid and you just know he is going to be good. There's Uli, and now back to me. It's wet look gel and side-parting Haaland who is summoned from the bench by Lucien Favre. Black kit, two yellow Bundesliga stars on his chest, some fancy silver detailing. Does he look nervous? Nope. He runs on, barks the new formation into the mist and signals it twice on his gigantic fingers in case people can't hear him. It's not hyperbole to call what happens after that one of the great debuts. He grabs Augsburg by the throat, pins them up against the wall and (laughs) gives them a good old-fashioned thrashing. The first goal is concussive. A daggering left footer across the keeper and the second a little tap to the ribs to set up the finale. 
Herring on to Gio Reyna's pass after a curved run, he gobbles up the ground and delivers the knockout round ice to a broken opponent. Friends turning away and strangers shaking their heads as the jukebox kicks into life and ACDC's thunderstruck starts up. His teammates are hanging off him and howling. He's red in the face, puppy fat, suddenly very noticeable, looking like he could burst with happiness as he eye-fucks the travelling fans with his arms <laughs> in the air, yellow and black flags and scarves fluttering back. <laughs> Erling Haaland has just scored with his first three shots in German football. The following week, he comes off the bench and scores a brace against FC Köln, and the week after that bags another double at home to Union Berlin. In between, he is named the Bundesliga Player of the Month for January and he was only on the pitch for 57 minutes in that month. <laughs> stupid, isn't it? And there's more, and I could go on. I've been in, I've been as close as few defenders to Erling, Erling Haaland. Have you? In our early days at Football Co., I was the producer on the box-to-box shoot with Erling Haaland. Oh, you and were? And I was passing him the boxes of the various things that were in there. And just to touch on what Owen said, sound... In, you know, this is something that he has to do all the time. These it's his appearances, this time, he's, and he has to just turn up and be the Erling Haaland that everyone thinks he is. He was brilliant, a lot of fun, wow. and a lot of, and a smile on his face, and he got into it. You know, not all footballers are like that, and I think. No, let's have it right. He fucking wears some absolute. Anyone who's going to fucking cut round wearing pajamas and turning up in yeah, in, yeah. in fucking <laughs> five million supercars and stuff like that. He looks rascal. Enjoying this podcast but not really ready to subscribe to a print magazine? Well, you need the Mundell Gateway Drug. Why not sign up to our weekly newsletter? You'll get exclusive writing, discounts, recommendations and some really, really random references. Follow the newsletter link in the show description and see what you're missing out on. It is Tommy Stewart's Rusty Trombola. I believe I am so far out of sight now that I can never be caught. James wants to invent a new quiz so we can start again. We will not be doing that for now. Uh, Tommy, over to you. We're nearly halfway through the season of this. Owen is currently on 27 points. The rest, it doesn't really matter. Owen is probably going to win the title, but very quickly, I will... That re- matters. Yes, it, it yes. <laughs> but the concept of the quiz, very quickly, is I'll read out any fixture in any point in history. I will pick a position on one of the teams, and you guys will have to name what player it is. Very quickly, can I go around and get your buzzing noises, Seb White? <laughs> James Bird. Dry Viskies. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. Why oh. whiskies? Not Jaegers. Owen Blackhurst. You haven't seen English Fastards? Mm. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Owen Blackhurst. Well, I don't know now. I mean, he's ruined it, hasn't he? No. Oh, were you going to do something from Inglourious Bastards? Oh, was you? Yeah. What were you oh. going to do? Well, it doesn't matter now, does it? What were you going to do? It doesn't matter. Do, do, it. do it. Nope. Why? Oh, Ack tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Come on in, Tom. It's Bayern Munich versus Werder Bremen, 20th of September, 2008, in the Bundesliga. The player I'm speaking about, he got an assist in this game from right back for Bayern Munich. Who is that player? Uh, Dry Viskies. James Bird. Jerome Boateng. No. Actung. Owen. It's not Hamid Altintop, is it? No. I don't think he's still playing. I'll go for it. It's not Liz Arazou, is it? No. He'd not long won a World Cup. Not long won a World Cup. Very recently. Is it Fabio Grosso? No. Ah, fuck it. 
Actung. Owen. Gianluca Zambrotta. No. Oh. Um, he didn't play for Bayern Munich. I don't even know why I said that. I'm going to hate myself when I can't get there. Yeah. But I've got the luxury of it. You two should probably find it. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> sit back, Owen. I watched this. Might sit back and have me grenade peanut nutter. Sing a thing about the second half of this World Cup, I watched it with my dad in Italy. So there was a lot of ale consumed. A lot of fun, but a lot of ale. No, no one knows. Massimo Oddo. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, we never have got that. We never have got that. To be honest. Never. Well never done, been. Tommy, Quizmaster. Yeah, well done. One, three points for you. Three we points for Tommy. <laughs> I'd, yeah, I'd no, be because then he'll just make them harder and harder. <laughs> You'd be on nine. Ins and outs. Looks to be a bit of moaning going on here, so I'm going to be um, particularly um, violent today in my responses. But Ooh. ins and outs, we all pick ins, we all pick outs. I do sometimes, might not now, mainly because I haven't done them, but I might think of some on the spot. Seb is changing gears. There's a reason. To chips. <laughs> Um, okay, Seb White. <laughs> Chips and gravy. Whoa, so yeah, simple. Where from? Yum, 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 yum. Well, I was at a festival, so it was just a, a pretty standard fish and chip place, which I thought was going to be naff. But was the gravy big and thick and bubbling? Exactly. Was that. it like the chips Loads and gravy you get in Manchester or Liverpool? Exactly that. Great. There you are. Northern it, gravy. Oh, yeah. And it was, <laughs> honestly, it was so <laughs> thick, it looked like paste, but it was delicious. <laughs> if it was a beef jus, you'd be all over yeah. it. Just yeah. chips I'm and all gravy. over fucking chips and gravy as well. So much fucking pepper. Class. I'm so all over. Pepper. Pardon? Class traitor. Chips, sorry, then should I say chips Cut and that, northern that's gravy? Vile. Can I have a pigeon? Can I have a, can I have a bit of pigeon? <laughs> What's what 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 are you on about? <laughs> fucking I won't, I won't eat gravy anymore, Dad. The fucking Why not, Jamie? You used to love gravy, yes, but I'm I'm metropolitan. I only eat grass fed whey now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? Have you got on it as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. You liver bastards. <laughs> you liver bastards. Uh, chips and gravy's like in, Seb. In. James, what have you got? On keeping, I guess, the uh, the food theme. Just watch watching and listening to football whilst you're cooking. Oh. Saturday evening game, Sunday afternoon, whatever it fucking is, the weekend, you're there fucking chopping mm. up carrot and onion and celery to make a fucking ragu and you've just got a game on in the background. It's heaven. I prefer to listen than watch. I was yeah, going to say, fine. that was going to be my question. Do you like bring your laptop over to the surface? Yeah, I have my laptop on the oh, surface. Yeah. It, it depends. Look, you're a radio man. I'm a ra- it depends on the game. Bring okay, your laptop enough, over yeah. to the chopping surface. It depends on the game. <laughs> Look at It's disgusting. That is disgusting. <laughs> My auntie and uncle used to have speakers in the in their toilet so you could hear the... Nothing to do... Whoa! <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! So you could hear the TV still. Oh, great. my God. Sure that's what it was for? <laughs> it was Seb! Great. You could hear Martin Tyler while you're having a crap. <laughs> that's our... And it's live. You're not wrong, Martin. Yeah, it's, got... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got legs. <laughs> Seb, the, the, the one I've met. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. my fucking God. Yeah, Auntie yeah. Nick, Uncle Claire. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Uncle Claire. Big fans of Mundial. They, big supporters and big helpers over the got years. The speakers. They, they did have, not now. They're, they're... I will give you watching football whilst cooking. I prefer it to be listening, but in the, in the spirit of. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll give, I'll give you that. It's a nice thing to do. I like cooking and football, so I can't really put it out. Tommy. Architectural Digest. Is, the... every, is everything all right? <laughs> the YouTube channel. It is so. Uh, it's like MTV Cribs. But, but. I, I suppose the modern version of it. Some episodes are terrible. I'll give you that. Um, but give us I, a sample of what we're seeing. Yeah. Well, there was a magazine, Architectural Digest, right? That's yeah, what, that's what I thought you meant. No, the YouTube channel. Right, I thought you meant so the magazine. No, so it's celebrities taking you around their house. So you've got, I mean, a bad example would be Travis Barker and the Kardashian that he's married to. Very boring. But then is it, is Dakota it? Johnson. Oh, 
Her house is wonderful. And the way she takes you around it, the way she describes it, there's some really lovely, lovely episodes here. And it just makes you, like... Have you ever seen Missy Elliott's Cribs? Yes. One of the best episodes of it. I have Yes. You oh. wouldn't, would you? It's basically huh? Cribs. You wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I used to like a bit of MTV back in the day. Beavis and Butthead. You wouldn't watch Missy Elliott's Cribs if it was on. The Hamilton stars, uh, David Diggs and Emmy... Uh, Emmy Not Neil Hamilton. <laughs> Hamilton. The, the cute couple off of Hamilton. I know. I know. The, it's, you know, lovely. It's very... That sounds great. It's just very relaxing to watch. In. All right, Tommy. Um, I haven't done an in this week. I'm, I'm not going to do an in. I can't be bothered. Uh, Tommy, go straight into your outs, please. My out this week is Ed Sheeran. I don't necessarily think he's a bad guy. I don't like his music personally, but my nephews, God bless them... They have some really good music taste. You know, they will listen to a bit of Oasis, Blur, Taylor Swift. I don't mind that. They're into a lot of what their mums or dads are into. But Ed Sheeran, like nonstop, that's, if, if they had the choice of what they were listening to all the time, you know, grandma, um, as in my mum, can you put YouTube on? Can you put Ed Sheeran on? Again, sometimes four or five times in a row. I just I can't do it. I've spent a lot of time with them recently, so I've had to listen to a lot of Ed Sheeran. I think you need to cheer up. Yeah, that was <laughs> fucking whinge central. Yeah. Was it? It's yeah. Mu- it's music that they... That how old, how old, you, how old like are you cousins? How nephews. old are they? Nephews. Between, Sorry, nephews. Between, between two and 12. Let oh, them listen to what I let they them. want. I do let <laughs> them. Let people be people. That's what I I can't say. believe I'm saying this, but Ed Sheeran <laughs> is not out. He's in. Yeah. <laughs> Fair C- enough. I did win. See Eminem come on stage on the other day. Oh, yeah, that was good, that. I liked it. It was fun. Like Seb keeps saying, let people be people. <laughs> Seb, what's your ad? <laughs> Disposable vapes. Well, because you've smoked too many of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you? Very enticing. Yeah, we're right at the end of the podcast here, so there's no way Mrs. White will get this far for them. Oh, no. she knows. She no, knows. I know she knows about the vapes, but all yeah, the smoking yeah. you used to do with me. Yeah, back <gasps> in the... I've got some amazing pictures yeah. of Seb smoking all around the world. Yeah, yeah, true. But I've been quite good until recently, and all of a sudden I've just started getting spearmint bloody vapes. Sab. And that's very much for occasions. Royal Ascot festivals. Just smoke a cigarette. Yeah, I know, but you can't buy menthols anymore. What do you well, want Smoke a normal for? one. Smoke huh? a normal one. Because it's, it's the harshness. Ugh. But I also think they're really bad for the environment. They are. And the stickers are everywhere and on the bins. They're a right nuisance. I'm I saying this for myself as much as anyone else. I'm going to put them out and also you because I think everyone who vapes is a cunt. <laughs> yes. I think just have a fucking fag. Yes, You're going to smoke, just fucking smoke. And don't tell me it's better for you because you don't stop smoking it. You're fucking smoking it 14 hours a day. We don't actually think you're a cunt if you're listening to this and if you subscribe <laughs> to the magazine. And we, no, he, I, he I, doesn't mean that. I he do. Mean you know I do. I think oh, you know no. yourself. I think you know yourself. If you're a predatory vapist, you know what you've done. <laughs> predatory. He's doubling down. He's tripling down. He's... <laughs> it's power of 10. Oh. It's giving power of 10. Well, to be honest, power I got I got I got bubblegum this morning on the getting onto the train. Yeah, you've uh, got to be with, aware. Someone clearly with an absolutely fucking weapons grade hangover. Yeah, yeah, and weapons grade probably vape probably. Yeah, it was a decent size when they're holding properly in their hand. Oppenheim eleven. Oh yeah, yeah, talkie type thing. You're motorised. Some of the some of the ones you see in the Wolves Away end. Oh my fucking! They carry them in a fucking suitcase. Got their own seat. Yeah. 
You can hear, you hear, you hear him in the fucking toilet room. Yeah, yeah. You take a bottle with a bottle top on. No, no, no. But you can come in with an industrial strength oh. fucking vape. So, so I got bubblegummed by one of them this morning, getting on the train by someone who was clearly hungover and hanging onto this vape for dear life. And they just shouldn't have been doing it on the platform anyway. I mean, look, I've smoked loads of fags on back in, you know, when I was a smoker on train platforms. I mean, I did actually remind, remember I used to walk through airports smoking when you couldn't smoke in airports. In what? Gatwick. In Gatwick. You I'd, told me this before. In Gatwick, I'd spark a, a rollie when it was time to go to the plane and then I'd just pff, be smoking them like that on the travel yeah. and that, pff, what? You? and then dotch it on the floor on the way and get on the plane, yeah? Fuck you yeah. mad cunt. <laughs> How are you still a free man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but any other civilised country has a smoking... Yeah, smoking oh, they look so bleak. Yeah, yeah. They're like phone booths. No, no, no. Some of them are nice. Seeing as it's a bloody Bundesliga special today, the smoking rooms in Germany, a civilised, well-run country, are incredible. I was once at Munich Airport hey. with um, Mundell co-founder Dan Sanderson, who won't mind me saying this, and ever, most people in this room will know, is an awful travelling partner because he just goes on his phone. Mm. Uh. Sometimes, actually, it's all right, but he was on his phone. He was walking around Munich Airport trying to find a fucking... Pl- I, I can't remember, but I just went to the smoking lounge. And it was great. Yeah. Big, yeah. The, the best indoor smoking I've been, I've been to was in Tokyo. And it was on my honeymoon and my wife and I were pissed. And we had been trying to find this legendary Tonkatsu Rex restaurant, Tonkatsu restaurant for fucking ages. And there were signs for it everywhere. It was like being in a maze around Tokyo. We got there. We've ordered what you're meant to order and a few of the bits. And, you know, we've had a couple of um, Sapporos or whatever. Both smoking. There was a little room behind a curtain, right? And I thought, this can't be a smoking room because you can't smell. You cannot smell smoke anywhere in this restaurant. The fucking turbo fan sucker <laughs> in this room <laughs> was unbelievable. Wow. You'd literally like be blowing the smoke out and it, you'd just watch it going down this thing. Couldn't hear it, couldn't anything. I mean, just behind a curtain. Like the scream extractor in Monsters, Inc. Yeah, <laughs> exactly like that. Exactly Brilliant. like that. So, um, one of the best Disney films. Disposable vapes, yeah. Um, disposable vapes are out. They, they, the, the, Bad for a number of reasons, and uh, yeah, I'm ashamed of myself. Oh look, it's an and It's James moaning about playing football again. <laughs> well, uh, I played football this week, and I believe for the first time in my life, uh, I was told you're the oldest player on this pitch, James. Oh. It's because was... you keep turning up for the under 16. <laughs> On your, on your, they've seen your little bike and you got put into the wrong group. <laughs> it was it was an, it was it was an inter it was an interwork it was an interwork game. So it wasn't even as if like I'd got a load of twenty three year olds because they'd all no, be no. quicker when we've turned up against a team of other twenty three yeah. year olds. It was an interwork thing, colleagues. And George Crew, one of our colleagues, just looked at me and went, "Birdo, I think you're the oldest one here today." And I was. I was the oldest player on the pitch. Oh. Yeah, well, there was some stuff going around in the office today about it. Yeah. <laughs> what? Just you'd solid Mundell's name with your performance. Stuff oh, like absolutely not. No, no, no. I put in a, put in a very tidy performance. Well, of, then why is it an out? A lot of effort, as usual. But being the oldest player, I don't... I, oh, you don't want I to be know, the I oldest player I didn't think that moment would ever would come. Ever I didn't come. think oh, it would come you. now. It's come around very you, quickly. Yeah, yeah. I've gone from being the youngest player on the pitch yeah. when I used to play for my dad's team yeah. to suddenly being the oldest player, and it's gone like that. Life comes fast. At your bro. Yeah. So is ageing in outs? Just being the oldest player on the pitch. Out. I, want, I don't want to be the oldest player on the pitch. I don't Aww. want that to be a thing. Come so on, maybe, maybe it's time to head over to the veterans. I bet they've asked me if I want to be in the veterans team this year. Which veterans team? The Wolf- <laughs> Richmond and Q. Have they? Yeah. They've signed up for them and they went, we've got a veterans team. Seb, well, you don't right? deserve to be. You're, you've still got it, man. I'd pick yeah. you every week. 
For what? For my Sunday team. No, you wouldn't. Yeah, I would. No, not for, no, not, no, not, you not playing him, with young Him and Morgan Allen. No, no exactly. Not no, you playing wouldn't. with them. And then you'd be slagging him off on the DMs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Seb, I wish I hadn't bothered. Fucking yeah, old bastard. <laughs> fucking sucked towards the ball again. Which, yeah, yeah. Just being can't a fuck, move. He's like a fucking cart horse. That's why he's in the fucking reserve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this has been reminding you why you love football. A Bundesliga special. Yeah. yeah. I've been your host, uh, Owen Blackhurst. Bubbling, I believe, or boiling, I was at the boiling, beginning. Boiling, boiling. Um, he has been James Bubbling Bird. He's been Seb Squirting White. Oh. No. We're spurting. Spurting. Spur- spurting, squirting. Spurting. And spewing Tommy Stewart. Recorded at Spiritland at Mundial Mag on Twitter and Instagram mundalmag.com to find out more um, we've got a brilliant issue of the magazine still out at the moment the last week you can buy our 75 uh, coolest goalkeepers of all time before the new issue is out but if enough of you don't buy it there might not be any more issues no I'm only joking we're not at that stage yet we've been there before yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why we got through it by the issue we've also got a digital magazine out now for those of you who are listening to this abroad so you don't need to pay eye-watering uh, post-Brexit shipping costs to get the beautiful smelling paper shipped to your door so um, there is a digital subscription get it on your tablet get it on your iPad get it on your desktop show it around flash it off on the tube show people uh, that you support Monday on there like we support Frank Schmidt and Seb down the sausage house on a Friday night yeah <laughs> <laughs> Thank See you. ya. Bye. See you later. Au revoir. No. Au revoir. What? It's German. <laughs> what? The Alsace. What about the Alsace? That what is German what is goodbye in German? Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen. Fuck. Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen. How are Reminding you why you love football is a Mundial and Football co-production. Produced by Tommy Stewart and Seb White, hosted by me, Owen Blackhurst, and recorded on the run.